0: Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. Once again, it is time. For let's talk about Jesus right here. Uh, on our website. We're so glad you've joined us today. We we have heard from several of you and we know that you are listening, and we are glad once again that you have returned. If you're a brand new visitor to our website and you have decided to listen to this particular episode <laughs> of our Bible study, we're glad that you've joined us today. We're going to be talking about a subject that the enemy wishes we would not talk about. Out, and therefore, we're just going to double down on it today, because if we get this clarified and we apply this teaching to our life, we're going to see a mighty Move of God. And the enemy, it fights that tooth and toenail, and he can't stop God from moving. He cannot do anything. There's no barrier that he can do, that hell can do, that all the minions and demons of hell can do to stop God from coming through if we qualify for the answer to our prayers listen to me carefully he Number one, the enemy of your soul and mine wants to keep us from praying at all. But if we do pray, he wants to disqualify us from an answer to prayer because he can't stop God from keeping a promise. He can't stop God from answering our prayers. He can't stop God from delivering, from helping, from healing. Listen, there's no barrier or no barricade that he can. Put up to stop God. He has to concentrate his efforts on disqualifying you and disqualifying me. And that's what we want to do in this teaching. We want to talk about seven hindrances to answer prayer and we want to eliminate those hindrances are you with me today will you stay with this teaching that we go through this seven i'm going to try not to rush because this is such an important message you know the scripture says in the old covenant if my people the people who have the right to pray who have this relationship with god this covenant relationship with God. And by the way, the New Testament is a new covenant. Covenant hasn't changed. It's been enhanced. It's been uh, been mightily reinforced in the New Testament. But we are, as New Testament believers, Jew and Gentile, are the covenant children of the living God. We have a new covenant. And it's a blood covenant. And it's a blood covenant established through the blood of Jesus Christ. And this covenant speaks of better things than those type and foreshadows of the old covenant than of bulls and goats. Praise God. So we have a better covenant according to the te- scriptures established on a better promises. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, having said that, let's begin to focus on the power and potential of prayer and let's remove the hindrances from keeping that power and that potential from being released in our life. Because the Scripture is clear. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, I will hear from heaven. And I will, I will, I'm reiterating that, I will heal their land. And you can agree with me today, our land is in a need of healing. Our families are in a need of help and healing today. Uh, Praise God, not just our nation, but our world, but also our families, our friends, our children our fathers mothers if they are if they haven't found christ as their savior and everyone that is bound by habits everyone that is sick and afflicted everyone that is mentally tormented they need god's help they need god's deliverance they need god's healing today hallelujah so turn with your in your bible if you will to james 5 at verse 16, 17, and 18. It says, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias, or Elijah, verse 17, was a man subject to like passions as we are, And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not upon the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the earth gave her rain. I want to say this again from verse 16. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, availeth much. Now, I want to read this from the Amplified. It's, it clarifies some things I think will help us to get a handle on this, a grasp on this. Confess your faults, therefore to one another your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man or woman here or boy or girl that knows Jesus makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. I want to make a statement here that's important to this teaching on seven hindrances to answered prayer. Number one, the power of prayer is not in the person who prays. I'm not talking about needing faith and according to our faith. I'm talking about the real power of prayer is not in the person who prays. The power of prayer is in the God who hears. The God who hears. Make no mistake about it. Amen. When we pray, power is released. But it's because God is listening. And God, if it's in His will, according to His eternal purpose, God will answer. Listen carefully. The great issue of answered prayer is not in faith alone. It's an important, it's one of the seven hindrances is doubt and unbelief. And we'll get to that. But it's not In faith alone, you can't just go and build your faith high enough and and strong enough to get an answer without dealing with these other matters of the heart. There are different attitudes of the heart and distinct attitudes of the heart and activities of the life that can either hinder our prayers or open the floodgates of heaven. Praise God, oh friend of mine. We were we we sometimes have a praise song in our in our church service and and it, it is it is let it rain. Let it rain, open the floodgates of heaven. Praise God, amen. How we need God to rain righteousness upon us. How we need him to move and manifest himself in answers to prayer today. How our nation needs the, the, the healing that only God can give it. How our families need the help and healing and deliverance and salvation that only God can give. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven, you know, Malachi talking about giving to the Lord as an act of honor and obedience to him. It's not just about the, the money transaction here. It's about uh, the attitude of the heart to honor God, to be selfless and, and unselfish in our, in our generosity and our giving to the work of the Lord. He said, prove me, prove me. Herewith, literally in the Hebrew, prove means to put me to the test. And see if I want open unto you. The windows of heaven, there's the floodgate coming open. And pour you out, and there it is coming down. Glory to God. Hallelujah, blessing. And, and get, get your mind off of just the dollar sign here in Malachi. And get it on God's favor in our life. And that is inclusive of answered prayer. Praise God. Amen. I'd rather have the meal barrel that can't go empty than a meal barrel that God filled to the brim that can go empty because if it can go empty one day, it's going to go empty. But that one with God's blessing doesn't even have to be full. It can only have a little left, but every time we dip out, God dips in. Praise God. Friend of mine, we want to obtain that blessing. We want to be able to see God move in our lives, in our families, in our children. Praise God. And we want to remove every barrier to blessing. That's how I want you to see these hindrances to answered prayer as barri- barriers to blessings. And But they're barriers that can be addressed. They're barriers that can be removed. And when they are, there is nothing, nothing in us that can stop God. From hearing and answering our prayers. Praise God. So let's get into these seven hindrances to answered prayer. Number one. And it's not necessarily in chronological order. But we're just picking out hindrances. And one just comes glaring to the surface. And it's sin. Listen to what Isaiah 59 Verse 1 and 2 says, and before we go there, don't think that sin is a non-issue under the grace of the New Testament. The Scripture is very clear in the New Testament under the dispensation of grace that if we say we have no sin, even though our sins have been washed, even though our sins have been forgiven, but if we say there's never a need in the future, to repent of any sin after that. That is absolutely wrong. The Scripture is clear. If we, as believers, say we have no sin, we lie, we do not the truth. But if we confess our sin, (laughs) He is faithful and just to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from all iniquity. Praise God! This is this is a key to revival itself and to fellowship with God. This is not about relationship. That has been settled at the cross. This is about fellowship. Amen? Listen to what it says. In the Old Covenant, we're dealing with the same God under a different dispensation. Listen, Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save neither his ear so dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. You see, friend, Israel had been seeking God for deliverance from bondage, but it didn't come. God, through the prophet Isaiah, said the problem was not with him, but with Israel herself. The problem was their sins. And the problem today, in the modern, post present-day church world, is that sin is almost becoming a non-issue to the believer. But yet, we're told if we say we have no sin, if we take that attitude, that we never need to confess our sins after we get saved again. You know, the Bible literally says it in the pattern prayer. That is, the, the, the principles in the pattern prayer commonly called the Lord's Prayer. Really, it's a pattern for us, isn't it? Because the question was asked that He answered in what is called the Lord's Prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, when you pray, don't pray as the hypocrite does, but pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us, forgive us our trespasses, friend of mine i I don't have a problem with admitting where I come short in areas that I have missed it in and confess before the lord lord that 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 was a sin that wasn't just a mistake, that wasn't just some kind of you know <laughs> some kind of little incident here, indiscretion, Lord, this was a sin. David knew how to to be open and transparent before God and he said against thee only have I sinned O God used to sing about it in church it's not my brother nor my sister but it's me O Lord standing in the need of prayer so don't ever draw back from confessing a sin when God reveals it to us in His Word, when we know it in our heart and conscience, go before God, get rid of any barrier to the blessing that God has promised and purposed to give you and give me through answered prayer. R.A. Torrey writes, Anyone who finds his prayers ineffective should not conclude the thing which he asks of God is not according to his will necessarily, but should go alone with God with the psalmist's prayer. And I quote out of Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. He wanted God to search him. He had missed it when he trusted his own way. You know, the Bible said in the book of Proverbs, there is a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is destruction. That's the deception of our enemy and our own weak flesh. But if we let God do that, we we release the Holy Spirit and give Him permission to show us, search us, and show us. Why? So that we can confess it. We can get it dealt with through the shed blood of Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. And we can get rid of that condemnation in our heart. You know, the Bible said if if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and He knows all things. But if our hearts condemn us not, we have confidence toward God. That's what dealing with sin is all about. You know, the the devil will tempt us to sin, and when we take the bait and we find ourselves committing the sin, then the devil who tempted us to sin turns on us and accuses us of that sin. He accuses us to God and he accuses us through our own conscience to disqualify us from having confidence in God when we pray. But there's victory over him when we confess our sins and the blood of Jesus is applied to our life. And those sins are forgiven based on his blood. The book of Revelation says in Revelation 12, now is the accuser. "...of our brethren cast down, that accused them before God day and night, and they overcame him through the blood of the Lamb, and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life, even unto the death, their devotion to him. Praise God. Amen." Let me read that psalm again. It says, "...Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my thoughts." and see if there be any wicked way in me, and wait before him, Tory says, until he puts his finger upon the thing that is displeasing in his sight, then this sin should be confessed and put away. That's called repentance, when it's confessed and it's put away. <laughs> Praise God. Friend of mine, i, I I, I I see repentance everywhere. I see it, old and new covenant, is such a very powerful and positive thing. I don't see it as condemnation and riddling ourselves with guilt, and and no, it is getting rid of condemnation. It's getting rid of the guilt, and it's getting that bold confidence that the God that we need so desperately to answer our prayer can legitimately answer our prayer because our sin is not separating between him and us. (laughs) His hand is not weak and it's not short and his ear is not dull and it is not deaf. And the Bible said this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. And if we know He hears us, we know that we have the petition that we've desired of Him. So, it's qualifying, isn't it? It's qualifying before God for that answer that causes us to have such confidence when we pray. Praise God. Amen. So today, I just want to challenge you as we deal with the first of these seven hindrances to prayer that we will not shy away from repentance and confession of that sin. We need it today in the New Testament church. We need it today, amen, because it's so, we're in such a sinful generation. And we are pressed, and we are pulled, and we are tempted. And sometimes, even though we commit our life to the Lord, we're torn And we we begin to feel ourselves drifting away from God and making concessions and compromises that we know in our heart of hearts and in the Word of God is wrong for us. But if we will confess our sin, oh friend of mine, if he sees that attitude in your heart, he will help you with the weakness of your flesh and he will help me with the weakness of my flesh. And we will get that issue settled and under the blood. And the accuser that accuses us before God will not be able to continue to do it because we have already been pardoned. And He accuses us, and it won't work because we will not be condemned. Praise God. The Bible said now, in Romans 8 verse 1, now that we are saved, now that we have Christ as our ally and our intercessor and our sacrificial lamb and our high priest, now there For there is no condemnation to them that are in Jesus Christ who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Praise God. It doesn't mean you or I will be sinlessly perfect, but it means that we can be perfectly committed to dealing with sin when it arises in our life. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm glad for the shed blood of Jesus. I'm glad the enemy I, I can't I'm glad that I can defeat the devil who is called the accuser of the brethren diabolos and you know what it means in the greek and 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 in other other languages it means a maligner somebody that wants to point their finger at you and say you're no good and you'll never be good enough for God to hear you and answer you and help you. And I'm going to tell you the blood of Jesus addresses that. Praise God, because we overcome him by the blood. You see, through the without the shedding of blood, there is no sacrifice for sin. We are locked in that prison and there's no way out. Praise God. But I want you to know, that through the shed blood of Jesus that releases the Holy Spirit and the power of God in your life, not only is there a way out, there is a victory over. Praise God. And again, I'm not saying ever that you can be sinlessly perfect because if you could, and I could, then there's no reason to ever confess our sin. But if we will confess... When we find ourselves a sin of omission, a sin of commission, if we will not cover that up, conceal that, refuse to deal with that, amen, we will find abundant pardon from the Lord and we will find the avenue open for God to reach forth His mighty hand. Praise God. Amen. And to move in our hearts and lives and in Others' hearts and lives, and in nations around the world and our own nation. If my people, which are called by my name, we have the privilege, we have the power, we have the position before God that we can talk to Him, amen, and He will listen to us. And we don't want anything to come between us and that privilege, and that potential, and that power. Praise God! I want to read this again. It says, "It says anyone who finds himself are a Tory, and his prayers ineffective should not conclude necessarily that it's not God's will, but should go alone with God, with the psalmist's prayer, out of Psalm one thirty nine twenty three and twenty four, and here's the psalmist's prayer: Search me, O God." Know my heart, try me, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me. See, he wants God to show it to him, so he can confess it, so he can be forgiven, so he can be in that right relationship with God. And then wait before him until he puts his finger on the thing that is displeasing in his sight, then this sin should be confessed And put away. I love Psalm 51. It's David's prayer of confession before the Lord. Wash me with hyssop, he says, and I shall be clean. Hallelujah. Wash me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Create in me. A clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me, and take not thy holy spirit from me, praise God, and take and and restore unto me <laughs> the joy of your salvation. This is not salvation in the sense of the new covenant born again experience. This is salvation. This is deliverance. This is God coming through when we need Him and when we cry out to Him. He comes and He answers our prayer. Praise God and He grants us the the petition and He grants us the victory. Praise God. God, don't take that away from me. Restore the joy of seeing you move like that in my life (laughs) and in my behalf and in behalf of Israel and behalf of others. Praise God. Oh, I'm getting excited about getting rid of these hindrances so we can see what God has purposed and promised in both covenants and especially in the new covenant. Praise God. Oh, Lord, create in me. Create in me. See, it's not just a matter of not dealing with issues of the heart and just dealing with a faith issue, which can be a pro- an issue of the heart initially, but just trying to build our faith without getting this cleansing in our heart. You see, the Bible speaks of answered prayer in John's Gospel, chapter 15. It's about the fruit of the Spirit in our life. And Jesus said, if you abide in me, and it's about answered prayer. Listen, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be granted you. And it goes on to say, and you are clean through the, the word of god uh, that is ministered to you you are clean through this word and his word is truth praise god listen friend whatever hinders the fruit of the spirit which is the character and the nature of christ being replicated in our own life and beginning to come forth and represent his very character through our own life whatever hinders the fruit of the Spirit will hinder our prayers being answered because it is something in the heart that God wants to address and He wants to prune that out. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Every every branch that bears fruit the Bible said he purges it, literally prunes it we're in the in the season uh, ending the season of spring, and if you haven't, it's time to cut those those plants back and let the new growth come forth that they be more blooms and more fruit upon them. Praise God, don't ever fear the pruning process. That's what David was calling for. Wash me with hyssop that I might be clean. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then John fifteen goes on to say, Amen. That 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 God wants our, us to be fruitful and our fruit to remain. <laughs> amen. So and and our joy to be full, praise God, because of answered prayer. Hallelujah. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be granted you. I've spoken these things unto you that my joy might be in you. Oh, and and what did he say? Father, Father, I know that you always hear me. The only time that, that the Father didn't manifest Himself in, in the need was when He took our place and our sin upon the cross. And then He cried, Why hast thou forsaken me? You see, when He became sin who knew no sin in our behalf, He had didn't have the comfort and the consolation of the Father. But I want you to know. Until he hung those six hours. On the cross in our behalf. He said. My Father always hears me. He's always with me. He always hears me. Praise God. Oh friend of mine. Don't ever draw back. When God puts his finger. On something in your life. Don't ever run from him. Run to him. So that that sin. Can be dealt with, so that that door can be opened to the to the to the blessings of God. That the floodgates of heaven will fly open, just like Malachi promised. Put me to the test by this particular area of obedience to my will and my word, <laughs> Amen. And see if I won't open unto you the windows, in effect the floodgates of heaven, and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough for you to contain it. That, my friend, is God's purpose in all of our... He wants to bless your socks off. Praise God. He wants to bless us to the overflow and the abundance to where we can say with David of old, He anoints my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Hallelujah. Well, our time is almost gone here today but I just want to see a revival. I want to see a revival. A revival of restored blessings to God's people. I want to see our nation begin to experience the grace and the goodness of God that we once knew. I don't believe it's too late. I thank God for the conservative politicians that have been elected to office that are trying to hold the line so that we might sustain the blessing of God upon our nation. They need our prayers to support them. Pray for kings and those that are in authority that we might live a peaceable life. But ultimately, we need God to reach forth His hand once again that a great spiritual awakening would occur in this nation. And I and you We, as God's children, need that rain that comes down when the windows of heaven are opened. Oh, friend, today I confess my sins before the Lord. I ask for His forgiveness. And I ask Him to show me anything that I have missed. There are sins that I have confessed that I have just made it clear. Lord, I did this. I knew it was wrong. I'm sorry. I repent. And I confess. Forgive me. Use me. Let me clear my heart of any hindrance to answered prayer and the flow of your anointing. Today I urge you to do the same. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, sin has separated you from Him. He wants you. Come home. Come back to me if you're away from him. Hallelujah. If you don't know him, run to him. Don't run from him. Confess your sin. Repent of it. And he will pardon you. And come back next week. And let's talk about Jesus.